You're listening to Politics Weekly. To uh, be big underdogs uh, in the race uh, for the uh, the presidency. One of them is uh, joining me today. We can survive all those systems. What's going to happen if you legalize it completely? Politics Weekly is a podcast on politics, news, and principles. everybody welcome back to politics weekly we're back for another episode this week joining me is jordan from the not just politics podcast thank you for joining me today jordan hey no worries thank you for having me i really appreciate it of course uh do you want to tell people a little bit about what you do on your podcast not just politics yeah so uh, literally a month ago yesterday i finished my last uni exam and I realized that I had nothing to do and it was the middle of pandemic obviously (laughs) and I felt I had to be a bit productive so I started a web show which is uh gonna become a proper podcast on all streaming platforms soon but it's about giving young people a voice and educating people on a more conversational level about um, politics, um, environmental issues, social and economic stuff. Really? Yeah, that's about it. (laughs) All right. Well, with that being said, let's jump right into the news uh, this Mm -hmm. week. So the first bit of news, uh, multiple Republican figures are announcing they will not endorse Donald Trump for re-election in 2020 right now multiple members of the president's own party have declined to endorse him including former president george w bush former secretary of state colin powell and utah senator mitt romney uh they have all said they've all in the past been critics uh, of the president um of course mitt romney and george w bush did not endorse trump in 2016 either Um, and Colin Powell endorsed Hillary Clinton for president in 2016, but now they are saying that they likely will not endorse uh, Trump for re-election in 2020, Uh, and Powell uh, himself did go on to endorse Joe Biden. However, George W. Bush and Mitt Romney declined to endorse. What are your thoughts on uh, these three Republicans announcing they're not going to support Trump in 2020? Well, like, in the UK, we don't get too much about, like, American politics. This is going to be a little tiny bit biased. But from what I know, I would say it's a really smart move. Completely understand why they would do it. And I do understand why they wouldn't endorse Biden as well from what I know about his policy and the way that he... The way that his politics is. I, From what I know... Historically, I can see why they would not endorse him as well. Mm. Uh, all right. Well, with that being said, let's get to the next story. So, uh, right now, uh, Trump, uh, a new string of approval ratings have come out for President Trump. 
Uh, right now, they are not. Uh, right now, they do show a decline uh, in his approval rating. Uh, right now, um, a new Gallup poll uh, shows that Donald Trump currently sits at a 39% approval rating, um, which indicates that uh, 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 which indicates that that is the lowest. Uh, approval number for him since uh, the height of the impeachment hearings against him. Um, uh, this comes as Donald Trump has received criticism from his opponents for his f- handling of the death of George Floyd and the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, what are your thoughts on Donald Trump's approval rating dropping to 39%? Well, I think it's completely inevitable. Like, um, the way that coronavirus has been handled is completely disastrous, really. Um, Like, he left you with minimal support. Like, people saying it's not enough to even pay my rent, what you supplied them with. You shut down businesses. You gave nobody a safety net. Of course people are going to be angry. Of course your approval ratings are going to go down. And then now you have the death of George Floyd and you haven't supported anyone in that. Like, you're just taking police sides. You're not coming to any reason with it. You're not understanding properly what's going on and you're not adjusting to any reform or any leeway, I would say. Like, I... And then... You have international scrutiny, which is just huge at the moment. Like, I know that there's several petitions going around trying to slap the um, US with UN lawsuits on human rights. And I can see exactly where this is going. (laughs) Uh, All right. Well, in addition to those polls, uh, new polls coming out do indicate Uh, Joe Biden's lead in the 2020 presidential election has grown, according to new uh, polls that have come out. Uh, Right now, a new poll from CNN shows Biden leading Trump by 14 points. Uh, A poll from The Economist slash YouGov finds Biden leading Trump by 8 points, Uh, an NPR uh, slash PBS slash Marist poll shows Biden leading by seven points. And an Emerson College poll finds Biden leading by six points. Uh, on the RCP, uh, on the uh, on the RCP average, the Real Clear Politics average, of course, they average up all the polls uh, and judge uh, who has an average of a lead in the polls. Um They have determined that Biden now has an average of an eight-point lead over President Trump in the polls. Uh, Biden has also hit 50% in the polls, uh, in their national average polls, uh, a milestone that Hillary Clinton did not face in 2016. What are your thoughts on Biden expanding his lead in the polls? Um, Yeah, I think... As I said, like with Donald Trump's declining poll rating, I, it's inevitable that Joe Biden's is going to go up. And because he was Obama's vice president, he's also been in politics since about the 1960s, I'd say. He's been be- very prevalent in drug policy. He um, obviously was 
vice president to the first black president as well, which means a lot now in this moment because of the Black Lives Matter movement and the protests going on. Um, Trump is um, condoning violence against protesters and police brutality, which isn't going to go down well at all. And Biden is on the side more of the protesters, which is going to gain him a lot more support and a lot more points, no matter what spectrum you might be on, whether you're left or right. I think that would definitely get him more Okay, well, uh, with that being said, uh, amid these uh, lowering poll numbers, President Trump has announced that he will uh, bring back his, uh, his rallies, his famous political rallies uh, next week. Um, his first rally will start in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Um, and there will be other uh, rallies in some of Trump's some of the crucial swing states that Trump must win in order to win the 2020 presidential election, such as North Carolina and Florida. Uh, what are your thoughts on President Trump? Uh, what are your thoughts on President Trump starting up his new uh, his new rally, his rallies once again? I think it's hypocrisy at its finest, if I'm honest, because you had him last week basically condemning people going outside to protest, which is pretty much the same as a rally. You have the same type of agenda. You're trying to tell people what is going on. There's no particular difference between a protest physically and a rally, I would say, Um, except from even the ones that we've seen, there's even violence at Trump rallies that's going to be... I think it's a really bad idea because where he's starting, as you said, there's going to be a lot of problems. The rise of the KKK is already happening. I think the Black Lives Matter movements will definitely come and swoop in on those. Um, it could go either way. Um, it could either be heightening violence and discomfort in America, or I think it it could make way for like conversation, maybe potentially like if he sees that these states do want change mm. all right uh well with that being said uh let's uh move on uh to the next story uh so <laughs> right now uh uh right now Donald Trump is uh attacking uh democrats uh, for a uh, for uh, multiple people on the left calling for the abolishment of the Minneapolis uh, Police Department. Uh, this comes after a tweet uh, from Ilhan, if I can pull up the tweet, uh, from Ilhan Omar, who is a Minnesota congresswoman, uh, in, in a tweet. Let me see if I can pull it up. Uh... Um, Uh, so, let's see. Hold on. So, in a tweet, uh, Ilhan Omar said uh, that uh, that she believes uh, that the uh, that the 
Minneapolis Police Department should be completely disbanded. Uh, In a tweet, she says the following, quote, The Minneapolis Police Department has proven themselves beyond reform. It's time to to disband them and reimagine public safety in Minneapolis. Um, This has... uh, This has led to a mixed reaction on both sides, with many people believing that it is time to abolish the police uh, and replace them with a different solution. However, other people have have criticized the idea and have said they believe that that would lead to more unsafe practices. What are your thoughts uh, on, uh, uh, on the controversy surrounding this tweet? So... Am I correct in saying that um, Trump tweeted after going, like, law and order, not defund and abolish the police? No, this is not from Donald Trump. This was from a Democratic Uh. congresswoman. Donald Trump is currently, right now, this has gotten... uh, Yeah, because he, what I mean, it's like he responded to this, didn't he? Yes, he did respond to this. Multiple... On a tweet, yeah. Yeah, there's currently, there's that. There's also currently uh, an ad... Uh, going out where they attack Joe Biden, saying that Joe Biden would, quote-unquote, kneel to the far left. Uh, He says in the uh, tweet that he will uh, bow to those, that he accuses Joe Biden of bowing to people in his party who want to disband the police. Um, Donald Trump has now uh, attacked people, multiple people on the right have attacked uh, the idea of defunding the police. Um, and some people on the left have been cautioning against it, uh, such as Joe Biden himself. Biden himself said uh, quite bluntly he does not want to dismantle the police. He says he would like to pass police reforms, but he believes that de- dismantling the police is the wrong way to go. Uh, Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders has also echoed the same thing, saying he, quote-unquote, does not agree with the pleas to defund the police. Um, in spite of that, uh, uh, many are call on the left are calling uh, for potentially disband- disbanding, at the very least, the Minneapolis de- Police Department, uh, which was obvious, obviously the uh, uh, Derek Chauvin, the officer who killed George Floyd, uh, was uh, a member of the Minneapolis Police Department, uh, as the Minneapolis City Council uh, is currently going through a potential resolution uh, to potentially replace police officers with social workers. Uh, what is what are your thoughts on the calls to disband the police? So the disbanding of the police is actually a really interesting subject. I've literally just uploaded an episode on this. And um, so when people talk about abolishing the police, what they really talk about is that what they want is the systemic racism in the police and the power of police unions and what they have compared to other types of unions in the world, like normal workers' unions. Their power is greatly more significant compared to the, the decline in other unions. So when I think it's really important to note that I think it should be like defunding and like it should be plural because it won't just come as like a big hit. Like it will have to be gradual 
either way, I think, like with reforms and, you know, um, potentially community policing. You guys do it anyway in some places. Um, I know that you guys do community policing that, you know, undercover, there's special undercover police people that go into like communities and are assigned to special communities so that, you know, crime and um, violence and police brutality does go down in those communities a lot more because they know who they are as well. Um, police abolishment is it's not something I'm either here or there for. It's, it might work, it might not, but I think some people like to think that the system is so broken that you, we might just have to start all over again and start a whole new system. And that, you know, that might be okay. And some people do find that quite daunting. But in reality, it actually won't be as different to what you think it would be. It's more like if someone's having a mental breakdown, you you wouldn't call the police here in England. Maybe you would, like, if it was really, really bad. But instead, like, sometimes they'll just send over ambulance drivers to help calm you down. They'll send in medical teams instead of police. So it's about taking back control to the people, I would say, and that police don't have that authority anymore and the protection to do the things that they did to George Floyd. All right. Well, with that being said, let's move on. So... Uh, right now, uh, Joe Biden, obviously he has yet to announce who his running mate will be. He announced during the primaries that he would choose a woman as his running mate, which would make that woman the third woman in history uh, to be on a major party ticket for president. Obviously, the first uh, was Geraldine Ferraro, who was Walter Mondale's running mate in 1984. The second was Sarah Palin, who was John McCain's running mate in 2008, although neither of them won. Um, but this time, Joe Biden is hoping and believes that that will be different. Um, Joe Biden uh, had previously said that he would not commit to uh, making a woman of color his running mate. Uh, however, after the recent events surrounding the controversy with George Floyd, uh, Joe Biden seems to now be looking more into the idea of getting a black woman as his running mate. Uh, the top contenders uh, on his shortlist are all African-American women. Um, the list includes uh, Kamala Harris, uh, the California senator who challenged Biden in the during the primaries, uh, uh, Florida Congresswoman Val Demings, who is a former police chief herself, uh, and Atlanta, Georgia Mayor Keisha Lance Bottoms. Uh, on top of that, there's more pressure as well for Biden to choose a black woman or at least a woman of color. Uh, right now, a new poll found from Politico and the Morning Consultant found that 46% of Democrats say it is important that uh, Biden pick a woman of color as his running mate, uh, compared to early April when the same poll found that just 36% uh, of Democrats supported the idea. What are your thoughts on Biden potentially choosing a black woman as his running mate? <coughs> I think it's absolutely incredible. I think it's admirable. You know, we're getting a woman and we're getting a woman of colour as well. I think it's it's a great move. And, you know, 
you need people of color in positions of power because you know how how will they be represented otherwise like for example like kamala harris like she's been a very very popular um district attorney and um she's won elections and stuff like that so you know she is popular and it's not i don't think he's just choosing them because you know i want a woman of color i think it would genuinely be on merit as well and you know would be because he wants to change the way that the system is that as i said you you need representation in your party to really represent the mass and the public otherwise you won't have that fluidity and the representation that you need all right well with that being said let's move on to the next story so last week we previously reported that a longtime Democratic congressman could be in trouble. Uh, there is a New York congressman named Elliot Engel. He's served in his position since 1989. He's considered a powerful Democrat, but he could be done in the year 2020. Right now, he has a progressive uh, challenger challenging him. Uh, from the left. Uh, right now, uh, Elliot Engel is known to be uh, more associated uh, with the establishment wing of the Democratic Party. Uh, however, um, he uh, there is a more progressive challenger going up against him who is tying himself to Bernie Sanders and Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez and the progressive wing of the party. That person is Jamal Bowman, um, an African-American man who, uh, who worked in public schools, who is hoping to uh, bring his progressive ideas to Washington and hoping that voters will give him a chance over Elliot Engel. Um, he's attacked Elliot Engel for not being progressive enough on policy, and he's also attacked him for uh, making Maryland his permanent residence, despite the fact that uh, Elliot Engel's district is in uh, is in New York City. Um, Angle uh, uh, right now. Jamal Bowman has recently been endorsed by uh, New York Congresswoman Alexandra Ocasio Cortez, and just this week he uh, he was endorsed by Senator Bernie Sanders, Vermont Senator Bernie Sanders. Uh, however. Um, Elliot Engel was recently endorsed by House Speaker Nancy Pelosi, but as we said last week, he could be in trouble uh, because there was a video that leaked uh, uh, in which uh, Elliot Engel was at a George Floyd uh, protest. He gave a speech on a microphone. He thought the microphone was off, but uh, but as it turns out, it wasn't, and Engel was caught uh, off mic saying if... uh, if I uh, if if I didn't have a primary, I wouldn't be here, uh, and that caused a lot of controversy. Uh, what are your thoughts on all this? Oh God! Well, that seems like that's politics one hundred and one, mate. Check the microphone's not on. Like, where? What have you been doing for the last ten years? Like, you're meant to be winning a primary. Um, like, as you said, like, um, I think that potentially New York is full of progressive people in general so they might and what's been going on with the protests recently of course and i 
have seen most of the news that's been coming to the UK has been mainly from the New York protests, and that is where I'm seeing the most police brutality and the most riots and like stuff like that. There's also a lot of controversy with the police over there at the moment. Um, Bernie Sanders is always a good candidate, especially like to endorse you, especially if you're looking for the youth vote, for progressive politics, um, if you're looking for the minority vote. Um, Yeah, he's, if you get Bernie to endorse you, I think is a, you know, incredibly smart move. And, you know, Pelosi endorsing you isn't, it's okay, but I would say with her most recent controversies of you know like just kneeling when you know you have the power to actually reform and make change like why aren't you properly speaking out and properly doing stuff about this is how we're seeing it over here is like you have the power you're in these positions of power and people are you know as you said um going along to protests and then like they're getting caught going like i don't actually want to be here like I don't actually care about this, so I'm just pretending to care. That's what it does seem like at the moment is a lot of what's going on is that a lot of people are saying that, you know, we just don't... We're going to pretend to care what's going on right now about you. But, you know, in the background, not a lot's really happening. Like, not a lot change will happen. Um, We're just doing it to keep you quiet at the moment. And... You know, that's where someone will change that, especially with a progressive candidate like Jamal Bowman. All right. Well, let's move on to the next story. So Trump is under fire for his response to a viral video uh, which showed a 75-year-old man being pushed down uh, by cops uh, in Buffalo, New York. Uh, Trump said in a tweet, quote, Buffalo protesters shoved down by police could be an Antifa provocateur. 75-year-old Martin uh, Guagino was pushed away after appearing to scan police communications in order to black out the equipment. Uh, At OANN, that is a conservative news uh, site I watched, he fell harder than he was pushed, Uh, was aiming at the scanner. Could be a setup? Uh... Trump has come under fire from some people. Uh, right now, New York Governor Andrew Cuomo has bashed Trump for the tweet and has called on Trump to apologize. However, Kaylee McEnany, uh, Trump's press secretary, has, uh, uh, has defended Trump, saying that she believes that there is uh, substantial evidence to back up the president's claim. What are your thoughts on this controversy? Um, I don't really think it matters, you know, if he's an Antifa supporter or whatever he's claiming to be, because, you know, as you said, he's a 75-year-old man and, you you know, you're endorsing the fact that somebody pushed him over. That's not, that's not acceptable. I don't see why, why he deems that to be acceptable. You know, if a man, if it doesn't matter how old, like what your political ideals will be and what you're doing, he did not have to push him. And also he fell backwards. So I don't see how he can fling himself backwards in all honesty. And of course, Trump's not going to admit to it. He said many worse things about women, race, old people, young people, anyone that isn't a white male. 
of Christian faith he has said something derogatory or horrible about. So, you know, he's not going to come out and apologise about this 75-year-old man that fell. He's going to stand his ground like he does everything else. He was a protester at the end of the day in his mind, and that's all he cares about is the fact of, like, you know, I have to assert this type of dominance over my people because he feels like he is losing control, which I do believe he is. Because we haven't seen a movement like this since 1960s when civil rights came in. And, you know, I don't know how much you guys are seeing because obviously you're in the forefront of it, but the whole world has literally kicked off. Like, we've torn down slave owner statues uh, over here and, you know, we're protesting. I'm going to a protest in Brighton on Saturday, um, which is where I'm from. Um, Our protests haven't even started in my hometown and we're just getting started here. Like, and that's the same in France. Firefighters are fighting police. You know, this is a lot bigger movement that I think he realises and he needs to be really careful with what he's tweeting now because, you know, we all know he's had this loose tongue with his tweets but now it's becoming really detrimental and damaging and he needs to stop. All right, well, let's move on to the next story. So, um, right now, uh, uh, Mitt Romney, uh, Utah Republican Senator, obviously he's made it clear in the past that he is not a fan uh, of President Trump, but regardless of that, he does believe, he is saying now that he does believe Donald Trump will be reelected, and he also believes that Republicans will keep the United States Senate. Uh, he said in a quote following a GOP, a Senate GOP luncheon, he said, quote, I'm confident that we will keep our majority in the United States Senate. Um, uh, and then he goes on to say, and I actually have long predicted the president will be reelected. I continue to think that will be the case. Uh, what are your thoughts on Mitt Romney saying this? I think anything's possible in the U.S., I'm not going to lie. Like, the fact that Trump won the first time was absolutely phenomenal. Like, he didn't win by popular vote the first time. So, you know, what's stopping him from winning again? Um... What's happened is deepening racial tension. So I think this election is going to be one that is unpredictable. I think it's going to be exciting. I think it's going to be completely transformative. I think it's going to be the biggest thing that's probably hit America for a good couple of years. And I think it's absolutely unpredictable what's going to happen. All right. Uh, So right now, the New York Times, the editorial... Uh, editor uh, of the New York Times has resigned uh, over an op-ed from Arkansas Senator Tom Cotton. For those who don't know, uh, recently Tom Cotton posted an op-ed in the New York Times uh, called "Send in uh, uh, called Send in the Troops," um, and uh, what he do- what happens in that article is he uh, he advocates. Uh, he agrees with Trump and advocates uh, for the military uh, coming in to uh, uh, to deal with potential riots or looters in his mind. Um, he uh, that was what he said in his op-ed. Uh, because of that, uh, a lot of uh, New York Times uh, writers took uh, issue. Uh, with uh, Tom Cotton doing that, a lot of them uh, felt uncomfortable with Tom Cotton with the New York Times posting Tom Cotton's opinion that he wanted troops sent into the streets to deal with potential ro- looters and rioters um, and potentially violent protesters. 
Um, however, uh, however, what happened was uh, the editor in chief of the New York Times actually defended. Uh, their decision to put that in there, saying that even though they don't agree with Tom Cotton's views, it is their uh, responsibility to still allow multiple viewpoints to get out. Uh, however, recently, uh, the editorial pa- the editorial uh, editor uh, of the section that Tom Cotton uh, worked for, uh, or that Tom Cotton wrote his article for, uh, has resigned uh, in protest of uh, Tom Cotton's articles. Uh, what are your thoughts on this? Well, you know, he's in a big position of power, and I can see why like, he's resigned, and I can see why people are angry at what he wrote, because, as I said, he's in a position of power. I can see that, you know, opinions must be respected, by everyone but when you're an editor it it means a lot more and when you're directly talking to presidents and stuff like that it's it's not a good look and especially for the new york times where you know new york is also being hit the most with police brutality right now um it would cause mass hysteria most likely thinking that the army might genuinely come in um to new york and like start you know, controlling protesters. Um, Like, journalists have been shot as well at the moment. Um, They're getting injured themselves, um, like, for just merely reporting. So I can see why then advocation for even more violence would be, you know, not welcomed at all. All right. Well, with that being said, let's uh, move on to the next story. So the next story is involving... uh, the next story is involving uh, um, the Georgia primaries. Uh, so uh, on Tuesday, there were some uh, primaries that were held uh, that were held uh, in multiple different states. Uh, one of them was the state of Georgia. Georgia is expected to be a com- a potentially competitive swing state in 2020, and there are two uh, Senate races that are expected to be competitive there as well. Uh, in the uh, in the Georgia special election, um, the Georgia special Senate election primary, uh, there weren't many problems in terms of uh, counting the votes. Um, Right now, uh, Doug Collins, uh, the Republican uh, pri- uh, the Republican congressman there, and Kelly Loafer, the incumbent Republican senator there that was appointed, uh, both of them uh, will end up on the ballot. And in terms of Democrats, uh, Pastor Raphael Warnock and businessman Matt Lieberman both ended up on the ballot in November. Um, however... Um, there has also uh, been some controversy in the Georgia Senate, oh, the other Georgia Senate election. Uh, right now, um, the uh, uh, right now uh, there was uh, there were a bit of problems in terms of voting. Then uh, people were stuck on lines for hours. Uh, there was reported to be some problems uh, with the uh, with some of the polls. Um, and, uh, right now, uh, it led to people being stuck in the lines for hours and there were also problems with the polls 
as well. Uh, this uh, uh, this led to many Democrats lashing out against uh, the Secretary of State of Georgia, who is currently a Republican. Uh, right now, Nancy Pelosi, the uh, the current uh, the current Speaker of the House, uh, attacked uh, Georgia for. Uh, attacked Republicans in Georgia for how they held uh, their process. Uh, She thought that it was poorly handled because of the long lines and the problems with the polls that were reported. Um, And Stacey Abrams attacked uh, Georgia's Republican Secretary of State, Brad Raffensperger, uh, Raffensperger, uh, for his handling of the primaries that night. Uh, what are your thoughts on uh, on the controversy over the Georgia primaries? Well, you know, election um, difficulties um, isn't particularly an alien field for the U.S. Um, you know, you've got the U.S. presidential election in 2000, where there was debate over the validity of votes cast. Um with the key state of Florida. Um, Also, you have uh, the 2004 presidential election where the Ohio voting machines were unreliable with the Kerry vote suppressed, um, which led to um, Bush winning the election. Um, You also, you know, voting also after Corona is going to be problematic in itself. Um, Do I think that all these people should have been, you know, forced to line outside, you know, not being able to socially distance too much? No, of course not. You're creating another second wave by doing that. And I can see why there's complete utter controversy over this. Like, it's the same as um, Trump putting, like, the journalists all together as well. Um, You know, it's it's reckless as well. It's putting people in danger. And um, also, as you said, there's been problems with like actual voting as well, which is just becoming completely dangerous. And in a time like this as well, where voting is actually key, it's another problem that's not needed. All right. Well, let's move on to the next story. So uh, Charles Q. Brown has officially been uh, appointed as the next United States Air Force Chief of Staff. Uh, the vote on Tuesday was historic because it makes Brown the first uh, black man uh, to ever be appointed uh, the U.S. Air Force Chief of Staff. He was nominated by President Trump and he was confirmed by the United States Senate uh, on Tuesday. Uh, Trump nominated him weeks ago. However, the, uh, the uh, vote came amidst uh, the uh, the George Floyd protests. Uh, it comes uh, at a time when uh, uh, Chauvin, the police officer that uh, killed George Floyd, is in police custody. Um, the uh, the vote was unanimous. Uh, ninety eight uh, Demo- uh, ninety eight senators voted for uh, Brown to be confirmed. Uh, zero senators voted against uh, the decision. Um, and U.S. Vice President Mike Pence presided over the vote. Uh, Trump himself, who nominated Brown in March, uh, praised the decision, uh, uh, praised the general, and praised uh, the United States Senate for confirming him, saying on Twitter, quote, My decision to appoint at U.S. Air Force General 
Charles Brown as the U.S. as the USA's first African American military service chief has now been approved by the United States Senate. Um, he went on to say, quote, a historic day for America, excited to work even more closely with General Brown, who is a patriot and a great leader. Uh, what are your thoughts on, uh, on uh, Charles Q. Brown being confirmed? Yeah, I think it's, I, I think, again, it, uh, like we were saying with Biden, it's, it's great to have more people of color in positions of power. Um, it could be a tactical move on behalf of Trump and, you know, Republicans and making sure that, you know, justice is seen to be done, reforms seen to be done, um, that, you know, we're not racist, we want that, we, we do want to fix what's going on with the death of George Floyd protests, and that, you know, we hear you, we see you, um, yeah, but I don't, I don't feel like, you know, he particularly, he... I do like to think that, like, when Trump appointed him, he wasn't just thinking, like, you are, like, a black man and that's why I'm going to appoint you. He obviously had great consideration over this and this has probably been, been in the works for a very long time. So, you know, it it's an admirable position to have and I think, you know, Trump should feel, not proud, but... Um, I don't know the word. Um, just, I can't think of a word, but, you know, he should feel content and, you know, that he did a relatively good deed, I feel. All right. Well, let's get around to the final news story that I have on this list, uh, and that is uh, that the United States is fu- is officially in a state of recession. Uh, on last week's episode, uh, we reported uh, that there were some surprisingly good job numbers uh, for the country. Uh, in May, um, it was discovered that uh, 2.5 or 2, 2 million jobs were added in the month of May. However, uh, right now, uh, the U.S. economy uh, has officially entered a state of recession. The National Bureau of Economic Research said on Monday that the uh, U.S. has officially entered that recession, and it officially entered on Monday. Uh, or no, it officially ended. Uh, officially began in February. However, uh, it was not declared until Monday. What are your thoughts on the U.S. officially being in a state of a recession? Yeah, well, I think the UK is going to go that way too. It's just a matter of time until we announce it. Um, I think the rest of the world are going to be in recession. Um, You know, um, it's going to be a weird recession. Um, It's inevitable that I'm unemployed at the moment myself. And what I can tell you is that there is no jobs out there. Like, there is nothing. So, of course, there's going to be recessions. Also, most of these people are just kind of waiting to go back to work without any pay. Um, All these people have been made unemployed, but you actually haven't provided... You can say that there's, like, all these jobs, but at the moment, they might not actually be active as well. You know, you can be like, okay, you have a job, but only when this starts all up again, and I can't pay you till that moment. So then you're still stuck in that... I don't have a job, really. 
All right. Well, Jordan, thank you for joining me again. Uh, before you go, do you want to tell people where they can uh, listen to your podcast and where they can find you potentially on social media? Yeah, thank you so much for having me. I've really enjoyed it. Thank and I've learned quite on. a lot, actually, about um, what's been going on. Uh, yeah, you can find me on Instagram at notjustpolitics underscore. You can find me on YouTube at notjustpolitics. All right. Thank you again for joining me. Have a great day. And you. Have a lovely day. Goodbye. Thank you. Bye. Hey, everybody. I'm Dylan. Do you ever feel that some of the reviews you read about movies are just too vague? Do you want the various factors of a film actually broken down from acting to cinematography? Well, on my podcast, in a Study, a film analysis podcast, we break down all kinds of movies into their components for discussion. Movies from Marvel blockbusters to more artistic pieces. Enjoy extended analysis episodes on films including La La Land, Jaws, and Elf, where you're taken through all the aspects of a film that lead to a successful final product. Listen to quick mini-reviews, or have every Pixar movie ranked from worst to best. Whatever your film taste may be, CineStudy is there to explore it. Check out CineStudy today for film talk wherever you listen to podcasts.